Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle. With your host, plastic surgeon Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co-host, actress, syndicated radio host, and social media influencer Jasmine Sadri. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nip Talk. For everybody that's watching us live or on recording, we really do appreciate it. Thank you. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Herman, and with me is the impeccable Jasmine Sadri. Impeccable. We're using words impeccable that are different. Word um, okay, hold on. Can we please dispel yeah. why am I called an actress? Well, I need to you, know this. You did do some acting, correct? That's I mean, it was like bit like I had a role on Dallas for I'm, 30 seconds playing a reporter. Okay, but hold on. If you're president of the United States, right. they always address you as president, sure. right? So wouldn't that apply here or no? I mean, I guess. <laughs> sure, let's roll with it. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll pin that, we'll pin that <laughs> one. Uh, in the box, we have Trelvis, our studio producer. You say hi, how's Trelvis. Going? How's it going? Yeah, I, I think you're an actress once, you're an actress forever. Thank I, you, I think Travis. so too, Travis. I, I think so Thank too. You. Yeah, I Thank you. Thank I you. Thank you. Well, uh, for those of us, uh, or for those of y'all that are joining us, this is our second show now. And I, I do have to say that, like, having a show under my belt is a good thing. Like, you mm -hmm. know, I had this, I had this, and you, you probably could relate to this, you know, in your earlier days. So, right when Travis was counting this in at the last show, like, I had this kind of epiphany moment, and it was just like, Oh my God, this is about to happen. It's like, or oh my God, what if I have to pee? And this is the worst time ever. You know I what I mean? I like five times on the way in, so I knew that wasn't going to happen. Great. But, but I was just like, you know, like I'm just, you know, I'm doing something new. I'm kind of out of my element. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny, I've had other experiences like that in my life because I'm one of those people I tend to like, okay, I'm just going to do this new thing, right? And maybe, you know, it's not something usual. So it made me think of about uh, 10 years ago, I actually was drag racing cars at Texas Motor Speedway. No kidding! Yeah, it was kind of weird, just kind of almost like this where I just kind of like backed into it. Um, I basically had bought in this car that I really liked and then I, I did a little work on it and oh, there's a picture of me like in, in my car with the helmet strapped in and everything. That, okay, that's owning the bit, Doc. Yeah. That is so, owning the bit. So I basically hopped up this car and it ended up being like a really, really powerful fast car. It's like 800 horsepower, like a 10 second quarter mile. And I heard about this drag series at the Texas Motor Speedway. And so, you know, I called them up and I'm like, hey, I, I don't really have any experience. Is that like a problem? They're like, no, no, come on, come on. I'm like, okay, well, come to find out for the drag series, they wanted to do a promo where they actually were gonna do races in front of a big crowd for like a, another sort of race event. Mm -hmm. And so somehow I get asked to do that. So literally like my very first time to drag <laughs> race was like at Texas Motor Speedway in front of like tens of thousands of people. And like, I'm sitting there in the car, like just like when Charles is about to count me down, like. I'm gonna crash, aren't I? I'm gonna run into the wall, I'm gonna burn alive, like this is gonna yeah, be Yeah, but like what a cool, like super epic way to go out. That would be cool. Right, because, okay, so and it's interesting you bring this up. So like a jillion years ago, when I worked for a station, we had a partnership with NASCAR. We were like their really? official station. And oh so they gosh. had me go out there in the whole <sighs> shebang, like the suit and everything. And Did you drive the car? I drove the car, oh but they had like gosh. a professional, like in almost like, you know, like driving school, right. like sitting yeah. next to me and so, I'm I'm yeah. like, well, how do you train for this? He goes, super easy. This means speed up. This means slow down. This means stay at whatever you're at. I'm like, cool, let's okay. go. 
And so I figured, I've got training. I've driven on the tollway right. for I'm, 20 years. I think if you drive in Dallas, like you're probably almost a One million driver. percent. <laughs> and so we did it. And to be honest with you, it was, and I'm sure you felt this, it was so exhilarating. Yeah. I couldn't, like my poor, and this is a professional. This guy's seen every possible scenario. <laughs> He's like, he like this, he's like, he keeps doing slower, this. I'm like, slower. no, let's, it's my did, one did shot. Have, like, chicken oh, yeah, oh, he was trying. It was so awesome. Like, I feel it. Like, I think at one point we were actually sideways, like physically oh sideways. God. It was oh, yeah, awesome. The, yeah. the vertigo. Oh, it was awesome. It's a rush. It's such well, a rush. I really enjoyed it. I ended up getting out of it because I found that it was a extremely expensive hobby and like yeah. to kind of keep up because I did it a few years and like I was, you know, moderately competitive, but it honestly just got too expensive. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my kids get older. And, you and then get kids busy. cost. Yeah, right. So kids. Yeah, I actually sold my race car. I'm really sorry. I was going to say, you sold yeah. your kid? No, no, no. <laughs> We still have two. We still have, no, two. Yeah, still have two. Debatable after this. So um, I wanted to do a kind of interesting first segment because I think a lot of people would look at me as a plastic surgeon and be like, oh, this guy's just going to tell me to rush out and do all these plastic surgeries. So just to kind of flip the script here, uh, for our first segment, I wanted to do reasons that you as a patient, not you, but a patient, might not want to get breast implants. So uh, first off, I will say that I'm not anti-breast implants. I actually do lots of breast implants, and I do think that it's a good surgery. But there are certain times that I think maybe people might consider holding off or just not doing them entirely. So Is this because they're just not a good candidate? or uh, Various reasons. So that's, yeah, I kind of want to go over some of those. So the first thing that I always uh, ask people when they come in, you know, especially if they're young, is like, have you had kids? Um, because I do think that getting breast implants... Because those suckers will get ruined. Yeah, I mean, and that's basically one of the things. You know, there's two things with people who haven't had kids and implants. One, they generally tend to have very tight skin envelopes so that when you do the augmentations, they, if you've ever seen the people on, on social media that they really kind of fake-looking breasts, they're yeah. like, just like they're super, hard. super round. Yeah. Like well, Barbie, like you could flick them. They're like plastic. Right, Not that I've flicked any. Bounce quarters, yeah. I may have in the like 2000s, but that's a different story. Luckily, there was no there, there social was media no, back There then. was no not. Cameras. Thank God for no yeah. social media in the but, 2000s. Uh, but yeah, you're exactly right. Like you can get that really fake look if you have really tight skin. And after you have kids, your skin gets a little bit stretched out and you can actually get a more natural look. Now, some people like that more rounded look. So I've, if they want to do that, that's fine. But I at least like to alert them to that. And then you brought up the other good point is that Pregnancy will change your breast. Oh my and, God. And so if you get an augmentation before kids, then you have kids, then you, you may have to have another surgery to kind of get that. Because then they kind of look like tennis balls in a tube sock, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. Can. That's yeah. clinical, by the way. So the other thing uh, that I'll kind of steer people away from implants is they already have pretty large breasts and they mm -hmm. only want a small augmentation because people don't always realize that the implant does have to fit the base of your breast. And so it's, it's hard to augment somebody like 100 cc's with an implant because the implant ends up being either, you know, really, really flat and really thin or it just is too narrow and it just doesn't look right. Okay, so for when you, and I'm just, I'm curious here yeah, because I have, okay, so. Bring it. For context here. Okay. So I have what I call my chicken cutlets. So these I'm not are. I'm sure what to make so the, Yeah, <laughs> you, you signed up for this when you asked me to be your co-host. Okay. So. They're basically these adhesive. I should have brought these now that I think about this. I'll bring them next show. Oh, to shape your breasts. No, well, to no. like, so like, when, so like in the summertime when you're wearing like a backless shirt uh, or whatever, okay. so you don't, you yeah. don't wear like a bra and it shows. Right. But these actually, they're like mm. silicone and they're flesh colored yep. and they're chicken cut. Like they, yeah. they're, they I, slap I around. They're like yeah. flesh, right? Yeah. 
And so they stick onto you and they just, right? Yeah. And so like when it's humid, it ain't yeah, good, it, it falls sweat. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this happened in front of, actually happened in front of like a band once, it slid out and it was so embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, that's for another show. Um, We're so come back to that. We will. Okay, so when you, when, when women wear these, they go smack dab on top. So when you do implants, do they go, like are they underneath the breast to pull them up or do they smack dab on top just like you would your breast? So uh, nowadays kind of the standard for putting the implants is to put them behind the muscle. That used to be like a decision that people would make, you know, above the muscle or below the muscle and you'd talk to your surgeon. However, a couple of studies came out in the mid 2000s that showed that the complication rate was lower if you put them behind the muscle. So if you wanna like think about the layers, it's like skin, breast tissue, chest muscle, implant, and then your chest wall. Does that answer your question? Oh, interesting. So it's like, it's like a parfait. It's kind of like a parfait. Um, the other reason that people might want to avoid implants, and, and I hear this a lot, people will come in and they say, I just want the upper pole fullness. And then I look at them and they actually have a lot of breast tissue. And then they're, they're only getting implants to fill the upper part of their breasts. I hate when people That's go, that rock hard look, right? Well, the the problem with that is that if you do that, then like you'll get this this you know, you'll get the round shape and then the breast hangs off of the implant, then if you don't do a lift and it doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those patients can actually get the results that they want by just lifting the tissue that they have. Mm -hmm. I've had many people come in asking for implants and then after I evaluate them, really kind of find out that they really just want to reshape things mm -hmm. as opposed to be larger. You mm -hmm. know, implants give you a little bit of shape, but they're actually mostly just making what you have bigger. So um, okay. so I, I like to like definitely take my time, talk to patients, see like what their expectations are and make sure the implant's right. Mm -hmm. The other thing is you shouldn't have implants if you're not committed to have further surgeries in the future, okay? For one- Ooh, that's important, because right. don't you have to change them out? Yeah, so that's a little bit up for debate. Like when the new silicone gels came out, the Food and Drug Administration said, we want you to change these every 10 years. Well, when 10 years went by, surgeons, myself included, started changing these things out, and the implants were totally normal. So the FDA does recommend that you monitor these things with MRIs and that you change them out every 10 years. I mean, it's hard for me to recommend that because we just have now decades of data that shows that really at, to this point, 21 years after the re-release of silicone gel implants, we're just not seeing a lot of problems. Okay, but so is it a myth? Because I've got two girlfriends in their 40s and <laughs> they got implants when they were, you know, early 20s, right? Mm -hmm. And so they have so both said 20s, to me, yeah. yeah, they have both said to me, well, I'm hitting the, t it's every 20 years you're supposed to, and I'm like, where, who wrote this rule? I feel yeah. like everybody so, keeps I mean, repeating one, this. You have, to, you have to know if it's saline or silicone. Like saline have a shorter lifespan. One, saline implants always leak. I mean, we're tw 20 years ago, what was yeah. the standard? Saline or... Or 20 years, so in 2002, silicone were re-released, but saline were way more popular because people were leery of silicone. Yeah, because of the water base the versus yeah. the plastic. Now, by the time I hit plastic surgery in 07, I would say it was probably a 50-50 split. About half people were getting saline, half people were getting silicone. Today, 99.9% .9 silicone in like a very, very- Really? Good. Yeah, they're just better. I mean, the silicone implants look more natural, they feel more natural, and they last longer. And it's just, it's hard to beat that combination. Sure. They're a little bit more expensive. So, yeah, but it's worth it though, it's um, your body. A couple last things just to kind of round out this. Uh, quality of outcome is very surgeon dependent. Like if you don't feel comfortable with your surgeon, then you, you might want to, you know, rethink implants. I mean, I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I know I that's silly, so. but like, I mean, this is a surgery <laughs> where, I mean, it sounds simple, right? I mean, I'm, you're getting pretty personal. I would hope that you would like yeah. your surgeon at that point. Well, I mean, I don't know. A lot of times people go into surgeons and it's just very like quick and, you know, not really, I don't want to say intimate, but like, you know, detailed. You don't ask the right questions. Right. So I know um, this comes as a shock to you, Doc, but I ask a lot of questions. That's good. You'd when be I a do. great patient. I, you know, <laughs> great. And you're smart too. You can be no lot. I love that. I, I was uh, your patient. Was I a great one? 
You were great. Yeah. So last couple things. There are risk of complications even when surgeon and patient does things right. The most common of which would be scarring. We call it contracture, tightening the implant. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, there is that very rare cancer that's associated with textured implants. Now, I was kind of thinking that no one used textured implants anymore. Wait, what's but, a textured implant? Okay, so there's two types of implant. Well, there's a lot of different types, but two, one, one differentiation of implants is textured where they're rough, where uh -huh. the body kind of attaches to them, or smooth where they're kind of loose in there. I've like always, they roll around? They can move, yeah. I mean, they're round, so they can like rotate. Ooh, that's crazy! Like my implants would be doing somersaults and like. You don't want them to flip like this because <laughs> then they look wrong. But, yeah. but they can rotate <laughs> like this. That would be my luck. Yeah. Sorry about that. Let me just flip her back around. So that was actually a problem when uh, shaped <laughs> implants came out. Is the shaped implants would oh. occasionally get you know malpositioned. Yeah, Everyone, that's horrible. Every once in a blue moon, you'll see like a round implant flip over and then people look around. I've had it happen once, one time in 12 years and hundreds and hundreds of surgeries. So, okay, does that just look like an inverted boob? Like how does that? The shape just looks off because like the, the implants are shaped like a dome. So you imagine right. if you put it in an upside down, right. like it just would look kind of wonky, right? <laughs> yeah. And then lastly, and we're gonna do a whole episode on this, the breast implant illness. I love um, it. <laughs> it's kind of a new thing. I've done lots of research I'll bring my on chicken it. cutlets in. Yeah, we'll we can... talk about it. So, but uh, yeah, so uh, if you guys have more questions about that, throw a question in the uh, in the comments or just hit us up on social media. So, all right. Which, next. where can we find you on social media? So oh, at Dallas underscore Nip Tuck. Dallas underscore Nip Tuck. Yeah, Dallas underscore Nip Tuck. Okay, uh, next. So now I'm bringing out the Nip Tuck 911. This is where we talk about crazy things in the news about plastic surgery. And I know you've heard the story. Yes. You know Linda Evangelista. I do. Supermodel. Do you I know do. her personally? I wish I did. No, I don't. I would ask <laughs> I for I remember tips. her from the 90s. Yes, man. she oh, wow. is a smoke. Yeah. So you guys may or may not know that last year, Linda Evangelista, the supermodel, sued the parent company of Cool Sculpting. Cool Sculpting is a treatment there that uses cryolipolysis, which basically is freezing fat to get rid of it. So she filed a lawsuit saying that she was disfigured by paradoxical adipose hyperplasia. I'm really proud I got that. I, this wow. Show, okay. Like, so, like in English, what does that mean? So it basically means paradoxical means something you don't expect. Adipose is fat, and hyperplasia means growth of. So what happens is in PAH. So we're going to simplify it. Okay. PAH. Um, it down. You put the cool sculpting on. Instead of fat going away, you actually get more fat, and it gets really hard. What? Yeah. So I was lied to. Okay, I you did. Were lied to? Did I you do did. Cool sculpting? I did. Oh my gosh. I did cool sculpting. Um, Tell me about it. Um. Jeez, when was this? What year are we in? 22? Are we? The last two years. Yeah, the last two years don't count. Okay, yeah, so right. I think 2016 is when I got okay. 2016. And the whole like pitch on it was it'll freeze and destroy your fat cells That's and then true. you and then you expel them. Yes. Whether it's yep. like pee or sweating Not or really, whatever. But but that's what that's Great how job. it was explained to me. Yeah. And I'm like, this is awesome. Sign me up, right? And and Holy Lord, it hurt, number one. Really? Oh, terrible. It was so okay. painful. I would and so, most people, right, go oh ahead. no. And the place myself. I was at was like, that's okay. We'll give you an iPad. <laughs> It'll make you forget that you're in pain. No, it didn't. So, not only am I laying there freezing to death, because it is cool, it's right, freezing. It's, really cold. Yeah. it's cold. And the room's cold, as you know, yeah. in, in med spas and hospital rooms, it's freezing cold because all mm. the machines have to stay. It's like an icicle. Oh, my lands. And so, I'm like cocooned and I'm shaking. <laughs> I'm watching reruns of 90210. On this well, at least iPad, you had something good to watch. I don't know. At this point, I hated everybody on the show because I was just angry. I was like, <laughs> I don't even care about this storyline anymore. I'm not invested, and so I'm freezing to death. And I was probably in there for like two hours. I did multiple. Yeah, I did multiple flanks, yeah. middle. Yeah. Um, really, was what I was concerned about, mm -hmm. and 
it's interesting because it takes like a whole team to stick yeah. your stuff oh, in there. It's a process. Oh, it's a process. And so you're standing there. It's like there. getting into like one of those like girdle things almost. Oh, it's Except awful. it's just like one body Oh, it's part. the worst feeling. So you're standing there freezing. You're in, you know, those like paper bikinis they hand yeah, out. Right. So it's just, and people are marking up all of your imperfections. So it's the worst experience. So would you experience. recommend? No. So what do you, so, you think about your results though? Uh, here's what's crazy though. I can't tell if it's just that, I don't know. I did. I, I didn't get, like a lot of women got the indentions, the weird, like they were like, oh, my stomach's indented if I do my, like, or my, my pooch. Well, but sometimes like it just, because mm -hmm. of the way, yeah, because, because right. you have yeah. to, they suck you into this yeah. thing and it's, imagine it just really being weird, right? pinched. It oh, out. it's terrible. Yeah. You pull You're it like, out oh and I was like, hot, I am disfigured. oh my God, when they pulled it out, but I was short term. No, but it is. But when they pulled it out, I was like, you put it in reverse. This is not okay. <laughs> like you, you put Wait, everything you back. I freaked out. All right. So let me tell you what it's supposed to do. And actually, let me tell you my experience because. I had a cool sculpting machine. All right, so. Okay. Had is the operative word. We'll get to that. Okay. So uh, basically what it's supposed to do is it's, uh, the machine pulls an area of fat into this device, which puts a very cold temperature to it. The process causes the fat to go through apoptosis, which is cell death. And then over four to six months, the fat is basically extruded by your body. This sounds so soft compared to the experience, the way you're <laughs> describing it. Awful. They say that you should on average get a 20% reduction in the fat in the location that, that you had the treatment. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I will tell you that overall the complication rate for cool sculpting is pretty low. Mm -hmm. And if you look online at places that measure satisfaction rates with procedures, it actually has a pretty high satisfaction rate, over 80%, which I'm a little bit surprised about, but that's what the satisfaction rate is. I guess it is. all goes back to the candidate thing yeah. because I, I mean, girlfriends of mine have done it and they're like, I just, I've spent thousands of dollars. I don't see anything. Yeah. But I think what they're probably trying to see though are results of loose skin, which we have right. to emphasize cool and sculpting does not. Yes, and that's exactly, and that's where like having a good consult is important and like where sometimes like med spas will fail because you don't have like a surgeon to come in and talk like surgeon talk to you. Like when I would do consults for cool sculpting, like I absolutely brought up the loose skin issue. And I think a lot of like weeding out people who are not gonna be happy is making sure that what they actually wanna get rid of is fat and not loose skin. Right. You're 100% you're right. Because you have to cut and tuck that. But there are some risks of, the, there are some risks of it. Um, the risks that are stated are surface irregularities, which you talked about that, body asymmetry, um, the, probably one of the biggest, I think, is less than expected outcomes. And then lastly is the PH, PAH. And there's a picture up now of uh, Linda Evangelista. I wish I could find a picture of like, I mean, I know it's probably not out there. A picture oh, of that's like, her leg. Okay, so yeah, we're looking she's at. Like, she's pointing at that little bulge right there. I mean, it's really hard to tell from her pictures. Like, because I, you know, I always want to play devil's advocate of everything. And it's like, okay, was this like really a big deal? Was it really disfiguring? Because mm -hmm. I will tell you, I had cool sculpting from 2012 and I quit using my sh machine around 2018, and I'll explain why in a minute. I never had a single patient come back and, and, and say that they had pH. Now, so I would love to have seen her pictures and like evaluate them. But you were probably vetting them to know that they were, you know what I'm saying? This all goes back to having a thorough, a, an actual person who knows what they're I doing. Mean, that does help. Because if a woman came yeah. into you and said, oh, loose skin, you'd have been like, this isn't a, yeah. you're just not. True that, yeah, true. Um, but let me tell you why I quit using it. And, and I have nothing against the cool sculpting company. I'm not trying to drag them through the dirt. I'm just telling you why I quit using my machine. Um, my biggest issue was it with the machine and, and the procedure was that the outcomes were not dependable. You know, I would do one patient and she would be like, okay, I can see a difference. I'm happy. I would take another patient who I, who I vetted, thought was a, you know, a, a truly a good patient, do the procedure. And it's like the result was just so minor. Like I would literally have to like print out their before, print out their after and be like, yeah, I mean, I can see a little bit of a difference, but 
I think that's kind of what happened to me. I was yeah. like, no, okay. Yeah. But I wasn't like, so, holy cow, I've got to, I just, you know. you know, given the fact that I can do liposuction, like because I was having outcomes that weren't always ideal and I was having patients who were unhappy, I, I just kind of started training more people just to get liposuction. I mean, liposuction really is like one of the safest surgeries I do. Well, I'm not going to lie though, doc. When I see that, when it's the... I mean, I know it looks oh, rough, but like of, of the can't. recoveries, like in the span of recoveries, I feel like it's kind of like a low to mid. Like it's really oh, just not that bad. I just seeing that, but I'm also. But let me tell you though, the outcomes of liposuctions in the right hand are always exactly what you want. I mean, but does it come back though? It doesn't. I mean, that's kind of a, mis a myth that if you get liposuction, it's come back. Yeah, I mean, if you go home and eat like 20 boxes of ding-dongs, like it's gonna Well, then I'm back. out. That was, what I, that was my diet plan. <laughs> the other thing I had, the last thing that I had against a cool sculpting machine, and this is kind of just a really kind of a side note, is I didn't really like their business model. Like, they charged me every time I used the machine. Like, I pay this big amount for the machine, and then they wanna charge me each time. And it's not like a one-time charge, like they make you buy these cards that like have like 10 uses on it. Well, that card's like 5,000 bucks, and so. Wait, so it's like a Dave and Buster's card. Yeah, Like totally. you have like. And not only that, but you have to have it for each area. Like, you but have you already stomach... bought the machine. Preaching to the choir, sister. Like, I, I got kind of mm, sick of it. I don't know, cool sculpting. We need to revisit this business model. I mean, model. it's popular. It's still popular. I, I personally don't, I've been trying to sell. Anyone want to buy a cool sculpting <laughs> machine? I've literally we'll been put it on Craigslist. So anyway. Doc will sign it. It'll have some value. I'll sign it, yeah. <laughs> I thought about maybe doing something fun with it, like on social media, like, I don't know. You remember that scene in Office Space where they like beat the printer oh, to death? Yeah, <laughs> that would be, listen, it's we a would, big I think it probably would be me. Yeah, yeah it probably would. <laughs> okay, so I always like talking about at-home products with you, you know, and I as a plastic surgeon like to- Because I'm a cynic. Like about everything. I'm a cynic too. I, we're going to be good together because okay. I, I, I'm a total cynic yeah, as well. Yeah, about I, everything. Like, show me the research. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So uh, there is a product that I want to talk about today. Have you ever used this, this PMD, the personal microderm? It's basically a oh. at-home microderm abrasion tool. Okay, but like the end of it kind of feels like what you would get like a sanding tool, right? Yes. So like what you would get yeah. at like a... Have you ever used one of those? I have not used okay. one of those. My wife actually uses this. Does she like it? She does. She does. And so um, uh, I am familiar with... Yeah, I'm nope, not going to happen. <laughs> I'll, here, I'll here, here we go. Yeah, very good. Ta-da! So uh, I actually do like dermabrasion. So uh, you, you should know that this is a, a treatment that commonly is done in an office setting. Like for a while we were doing it in our office. It's very common in med spas. And basically what it is, it's using a, a, a crystal end that rotates to basically take off the stratum corneum or the very top layers of dead skin. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, and, and also it, it vacuums them off. So it's it's like basically oh, my burying down your skin and like sucking it, it away. It feels like a piece of concrete, but in a good way. Like yeah. it's being scraped, is there a good way? It's scraped on your face, but then at the same time, it's like a vacuum is taking out all the, and I used to, oh my gosh, when I would get them done, when I do get them done, I ask my person doing it if I can see the filter at the end. Am I weird? No, that's because like I want to totally see everything normal. like coming In fact, out. It was so funny, like my wife. <laughs> so the the other night, I was telling my wife, like, yeah, we're gonna do about the PMD machine. Like, do you ha you have one, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. So I was like using it, like you know, I'd never use it on myself. And she's like, no, no. She's like pushing it. You got to get in there. Oh, dude, she was going out. Yeah. I was like, wait, you're gonna bore a hole. No, you have skin? to, but that's so, why it works. So then, so going to what you was, then she like cracks the thing. I was like, look, look how much skin. And it's so great. <laughs> oh, it's my favorite part like, of the oh, whole that thing. That is pretty cool. Let me see that thing. Oh, it's awesome. But then you feel like. Excited, but also super ashamed all at the same time. Like, like okay, oh I'm better God. than this. Like, I'm better than what this like reflects. Like, better, like you can get more skin off the next time. No, like, like I'm a better human than what this reflects on this. Because you see all kinds of stuff. Like, I'd be, I was mortified. 
<laughs> but I love it because then, then it feels like you're actually doing something, like there's gains there. So there right? are some gains. So I, I did the research on this and um, I looked at do, uh, what are the effects. Now I'm talking about just across the board effects of microdermabrasion. So this would include both the in-office treatments, which do tend to be a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. a little more bit aggressive. More yeah, they're more aggressive. So after you do this, there definitely is an increase in the absorption of skincare products. So yes. if you have like a bunch of dead skin on you and you go and you put like your, you know, $500 creams on you, like you're losing a lot of the efficacy because it, it's not penetrating that dead skin layer. Mm -hmm. And so by doing the microdermabrasion, you can actually get up to 20 times the amount of absorption of yeah. those skincare products. Yep. Um, it also does trigger the production of some collagen and elastin. I looked at some studies on that. It seems to be pretty legit. Um, I've always like kind of known that about microdermabrasion, so I was just kind of confirming like, mm -hmm. you know, that these things are true. It does have some effect at rearranging the melanocytes, so that's like the kind of the pigmented cells in your skin. So, you know, theoretically it can help with things like dark spots. Um, I, Me, I personally think thing. that there's better things out there, but like it does help to a certain certain For dark spots? That. A little bit. No, you're saying there's better things for dark spots. There is. I right? like the yeah. broadband line. Yeah, that's what we yeah, did we've on done me. That. You know what's funny? I posted yep. that video, and because it's referred to as BBL, people legit thought I was posting a video for a Brazilian butt lift. And I was like, oh my God. that's the next I'm one. I'm about to get a Brazilian yeah, butt lift. Yeah, yeah. Here, Doc. Me. Right. The people are like, this is not happening. This is not happening. Is I don't care. Happening. Whatever. It got us like, so whatever. <laughs> that's pretty Think funny. what you want. Um, it also does cause uh, vascular dilation, so it brings more blood flow to your skin, so that's always a good thing. And then lastly, it does increase healing factors in the skin. Now, all of those things are, are good for your skin. And so the one thing I would point out is the amount, right? I mean, because like, say, say for example, vascular dilation. I mean, if it's just increasing your vascular dilation by a very small percent, is that really helping you? Well, I mean, probably helping a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. But certainly you want to temper your expectations. Like you can't look at this list and like, oh my God, this is like a miracle and I'm going to do this and I'm going to lose 20 years. Okay, so then how often should you, because at home is very different from yes. an in-office okay. visit. So how often, what is maintenance, let's say so, throughout the so course like of the year. Regimen, like if you were going to just be like, okay, I'm sold on microdermabrasion, I'm going to do this. I'd say go once a year somewhere and get it professionally done. Like they're really going to get after you and, and you know, Kind of show you really the filter deep. yeah i mean they're professionals they know how to do it really the well concrete scrape yeah. i'm telling y'all it's awesome and then use your at home thing like once a week yeah and then that's gonna i think that would make a difference like i think if you had two people say identical twins and one person did that regimen and one didn't and you stretched them out like two or three years i would i would wager that the person that did that would have a little bit better skin mm -hmm. and when you ask people like okay people who routinely do these like what do you see the things that they're going to tell you are improved skin glow increased softness to the skin improve texture, and uh, decrease visibility of pores, and a decrease in fine lines and wrinkles. Now, once again, I would temper that. Like, I mean, I just know that these things are not going to eliminate all your fine lines. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, age is going to happen. Yeah. That's where Botox comes in. Yeah. Um, so um, I do think that this product has a use. Um, I do think that it, it does work. But I, like all these products that you use at home, be realistic. Like if you buy this thing thinking that you're going to shave 10 years off of your, you know, appearance, you're, you're going to be disappointed. Take this back then. I thought I was going <laughs> to have 10 years taken off my life. I did actually like it. I, I don't need time, it. I See, this is where the cynic in me comes out. It's not going to make I me know. 10 years younger. You can take it. I mean, you know, I'll tell you, all these things are a rabbit hole and like, and, um, you know, being in this business and like kind of seeing these things and actually using a lot of these products on, on my, not a lot of myself. I've done a couple things, but like my wife, she's like always game for these things. Sure. Like, I mean, I'll, a lot of these products do work very well, but it's mm -hmm. a rabbit hole. It's like, okay. Trust me, I'm on TikTok and Instagram, and they get me every time. I have so much, oh, I know Joey's watching, so I'm sorry, but I buy a lot of stuff, like stuff he doesn't even know about. 
that I hide. I Is mean, you gonna, like open a closet door. Oh, your it's house, awful. Like, every like, every cosmetic products, like, known aquarium. to man. Oh, it's terrible. It's there, but whatever. And I am constantly looking for that that one that's gonna work. And so I get it. TikTok, yeah. Instagram gets me all the time. Yeah, I think that with all those things, like you know, if you're a consumer looking at those um, those products, like it can be hard, right? Because they're all going to show these studies, no matter what it is, that show that it works, right? Well, of course. It's like the remember when we did the roller last week, and I was like, yeah, I actually looked at the research, and boy, the, the jade roller. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there's like some help, but like some of that research is really, really thin, and they put it out there, and people. Not that people aren't smart, but like reading a research paper, like you have to have like a certain skill set. You know, but guys, it's that. basically a mini dough roller that you're putting your lotion. Like I just, I sorry, you just you're not selling me on that. Okay, I wanted you to have one. I just I, great. Gonna so to, that's gonna, gonna, gonna be my birthday present. <laughs> yeah. I see a jade roller. All right, so we always like to do question and answers at the end of the show. Hopefully, as our show goes on, we'll have lots of questions. Travis. Do we have any questions? Drum roll, please. So I, I don't see any questions on the Facebook or YouTube page I, right now. But I, I bet you guys have some, some on her social media. I do, because people like to hit me up. Okay, so let's look here. Anything good? Let's look. Okay, Anything we do actually have salacious? several. Okay. Um, oh, well, we already talked about that. Sorry, they were asking how long do breast implants last? Well, okay, so let's, I mean, that's actually not a bad question. Like, um, and of course, you know, that's kind of like asking, you know, a, a car salesman, how long is this new car going to last, right? Sure. Because, you know, every year they do kind of improve the quality. And I think that certainly the implants built today are probably going to last a little longer than the ones 20 years ago. Um, I generally tell people with saline implants, like, I mean, you should expect at least 10, if not 15 years before you start to get into that risk of rupture, okay? Mm -hmm. Saline implants um, ripple more than silicone, and those ripple points over the years become areas of weakness, which eventually can cause them to rupture. The other issue with saline is they do tend to leak at the valve where you inflate the saline, or put the saline into it. Um, so I, I do think saline definitely lasts a little bit uh, less time than the mm -hmm. silicone. Mm -hmm. So that brings, okay, new generation silicone. If I go get silicone implants and say, like, I'm not going to, you know, change them at 10 years like the FDA wants, how long can I expect them to last? Man, that's a great question. Um, I truly believe that on average these new generation silicone will last 30 years or longer. And the reason I say that is because... Chicken cutlets are going to last, y'all. The old silicone implants of like the, you know, 80s, 90s, like we have that, that experience of those to see how long they last. I mean, they were routinely lasting 20 years or longer. I feel like they were so plasticky and hard. They're definitely the ones today are better for sure. Yeah. But, you know, if the old generation from the 70s, 80s, and 90s are lasting 20 years, it's not unreasonable to think that these new generation are going to last, you know, quite a few years longer. Okay, so because we were talking about liposuction, this actually came in and we missed it while we were talking about that. Okay. What types of liposuction are available? Well, I mean, I, I guess like kind of the broad... Uh, two categories of liposuction would be kind of like your standard liposuction and like an ultrasound assisted. Like there are liposuction machines that use like harmonic vibrations to further break down the fat. Um, a lot of people swear by that. I do not use those. There is, they, they, they are very effective. They will break down fat very effectively and sometimes too effectively. You, you have to be careful with them. You know, I, I, I've never had this happen to myself, but I, there are reports of people using like the, the ultrasound uh, or harmonic like uh, liposuction, or the, I think there's a heat version too. I don't use any of them, so I don't keep up with them, but the ones that are like power assisted, I guess is the best way to say it, and they get a little too thin, 
and then you get scarring. Mm -hmm. And so I just prefer to use like your classic liposuction, which is just a hollow tube and suction. It is slower for sure, and it takes me a little longer to do the procedure, but I think it's more precise. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, if you were gonna, you know, carve a sculpture, would you wanna use a chainsaw or a chisel? Um, What's more effective? Less I mean, time. Chainsaw is very I mean, chase, I mean, and we're but saving is time. It precise? But is it precise? Yeah. So I'm, I'm all about precision. I would rather a case go a little bit longer and get exactly the result I want. And, and I'm not like dogging people that use those. If, and there are people out there that are great with them. Just me personally, it, it does add a risk if you, if you, if you have some sort of assistance to the fabric. Down. Sure. A little bit. Do we have time for one more? Yeah. Okay. Um, Travis, do we have time for one more? You've been quiet today. Yeah, here. he's the one. We do. Wait. We do. I am. I am getting. <laughs> a, I'm getting in all of this like plastic surgery knowledge just in case I have to like explore this with myself or my future wife. All right. Oh, look, future wife. Yeah, look at exactly. him. He's like. Dude, you can Ooh. always text me, man. Just be like, I know a guy. Let me ask him real quick. <laughs> yeah. We got time for one pro. more. But never yeah, suggest. Okay. Never right, suggest. One more. Okay, one more. And I just, I'm sorry, but ma'am, this is a giant duh. Should I quit smoking before surgery? You should quit smoking anyway. It ages you. Yeah. So I, you know, here's the thing. I give people honest answers to these questions. Like, um, every doctor's going to tell you to quit smoking. But the way I break things down is, is this truly gonna affect your surgery, okay? Now, smoking is not good for you. We all know that. But the main thing, <laughs> the main thing that I'm concerned with- My doctor with, said I should smoke. Dr. <laughs> Herman said I should smoke. I smoke marble. All right, Dr. <laughs> now, Herman said. Smoking cause, well, nicotine actually, let's be specific. Nicotine causes vasoconstriction of your blood vessels, meaning it clamps down your blood vessels. And in plastic surgery, there are a lot of surgeries where the healing depends on small blood vessels actually working. Take for example, facelifts, tummy tucks, certain breast lifts. You know, these surgeries actually harm the tissue with the dissection, and then you're relying on a blood supply that's a little bit more diminished to do your healing, okay? Nicotine can take a patient that would otherwise heal very well and make them heal poorly. So when I'm doing a surgery that is like that, that is more, I say, tenuous or more of at risk for healing, I, I pretty much insist that patients stop smoking. If I'm doing a breast augmentation, which has a, you know, inch long incision like that, or a little bit longer than an inch incision that's single. I mean, to be very honest, like their risk if they're smoking is, is kind of negligible. I mean, I wouldn't cancel their surgery, you know? Like if they came in and said, I smoked a cigarette last night, I'm like, well, it, it might affect you a little bit. That's but your problem. We'll move forward. Now, a facelift or a tummy tuck, I probably, I probably would cancel the surgery. It just, it depends on, it depends on the surgery. I, I, the, the answer to your question is yes, stop smoking. Two weeks before, and two weeks after will decrease your risk. And for the rest end. of your life. Well, I'm I mean, sorry, I'm vain. It's going to make you age. It does make you age, but I don't like to. I hate to like tell people what to do. I, I don't. don't. <laughs> That's why I'm we're here. Be a good team. All right, I think we're about out of time for this episode. Yeah. I really love the topics today. These were some good ones. They were. But I got some good ones for next week. Oh, here we go. They're Challenge us, Doc. All right. So for all you people out there that joined us, we do thank you very much. Please submit your questions. We would love to answer any questions you have, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Nip Talk. Yep. Bye.